Okay. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. I'm sweaty. Good. <laughs> Good. So you know you're ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome to Plan That Trip. It's a podcast where a few friends sit around microphones and don't eat into them or them. I would never. I wouldn't do that. Who'd do that? None of us. This is the non-ASMR podcast, Plan That Trip. My name is Josh. I'm Emily. <laughs> I'm Hannah. <laughs> oh, man. She did it. She did it. She's so good at on it. On the big screen. Oh, on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've reached the podcast where we sit around microphones, us imaginary, well, we're real friends, but we plan imaginary trips. Yeah, we're real friends. <laughs> we're friends. Okay. <laughs> For those of you at home, there's a lot of staring going on. <laughs> this is an episode that is based around a place that's very familiar to us, the American heartland, the Midwest, the the flatlands, the, the prairie states, the the corn states. Help me out here. Anything else? Mid defined the we live here. We live here. So. We live in Cleveland, Ohio. That's something that hasn't been talked about. Um, and... I love Cleveland. I think that there, like, when you live in Cleveland, there's a contract that you have to sign at about the fifth year in a row where you have to rep Cleveland wherever you go. Um, Hannah and I were just at a, um, a, uh, a, like, an outdoors training course that took five days, and I feel like I didn't shut up about Cleveland the entire time I was there. <laughs> Can confirm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I like Cleveland, like, 10 months out of the year. <laughs> and I'll sign that contract, but in, like, February and March, I reserve the right to be angsty about it so that leads into a great point i actually have a uh, a little graph here poured, pulled up about the cloudiest days or cloudiest cities the amount of cloudy days in them in the united states and who would take number one who, who do you think number one is in the country is it like 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 portland or something it's okay, portland cool. oregon yeah you know they're kind of known for it but number four is cleveland ohio so, like, we're basically Portland, Oregon. Yes, right? I've heard that about us. Yeah. I don't think we have enough hippies. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. We're working on it. We're growing. Yeah, in certain sectors of the city. Seattle, Washington's number two. Buffalo, New York is number three. And uh, I wouldn't want to be in Buffalo. I mean, they get all of the lake effects. I wouldn't want to be in a Buffalo either. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> kind of warm, though. Uh P uh, Pit uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is at like six. Uh, Rochester, New York, Columbus, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan. Literally every city within spitting distance of Cleveland, Ohio is also on the list of cloudiest and most depressing cities in the uh, in the in the country. I feel like we just went from like I love Cleveland to by the way Cleveland. I, I had to say that first because you had to set the mood of like there is existential like doubts and existential like nihilistic feelings in all Clevelanders. But, but also I get kind of angsty when people are like, oh, Cleveland weather so bad. Like we don't have natural disasters. The weather at our entire, like the same latitude that we're at pretty much everywhere is pretty similar. Like we right. actually have better weather than most places and people love to be like, oh, Cleveland weather, but no. Yeah, you know, the the, the thing that bothers me is the the 35 to 40 degree and rainy weather and, and clouds. And mm -hmm. you get a lot of that here. And I think that's why Cleveland gets a bad rap. But I would say that overall in the summer, the last few years, uh, the summer has been nice and beautiful and there's been sunshine. Um, you know, this, this pesky thing called global warming that's been happening has been uh, actually raising the temperature 
temperature of Lake Erie enough so that we're getting just like no snow in the winter, which really bothers me. But um, what can you do? We've had enough. I feel like springtime in Cleveland is like one of the happiest places to be Mm. in times because everyone just like runs out their front door and like squints into the sunshine for the first time in weeks and, and they scream about how their bones are warm again for the first time in months <laughs> like you know when you go outside for too long and then you come back inside and you get right on in the shower and you have to sit down for a while because your bones are so cold yeah you have to make a soup oh, yes and it, you are the soup the bones that i keep around my house are often cold in the winter time yeah the ones in my body stay warm because you know the meats and the fats and stuff but the ones other places they are so cold i also keep meats and fats around my house well yeah but you, you wouldn't places. you wouldn't keep them touching the bones right not naturally naturally no of course, of co- not. Of course not that's unsanitary that would be that's immoral anyway other things about cleveland that are interesting um there's a giant stamp downtown and uh, everybody knows the the free stamp and it's kind of a a joke in cleveland because you know that's that's our version of art is what some people say but it is the largest rubber stamp in the entire world is it made of rubber i did i didn't think that until i read this article in oddities and curiosities travel.com they've got a themselves a great domain there um but it is according to them the largest rubber stamp in the world i will take it and it was no that's a crime don't do that i mean i would need help so Mm. we will take it (laughs) unfortunately it was uh commissioned by standard oil of ohio Mm. which uh it's not going to age well 1982 um yeah so 1982 since 1982 we've had that wonderful stamp in our city and it's important because it's important. It's one of those things that's important because it is. (laughs) Same here, buddy. (laughs) So I bring up Cleveland because we're talking about the American Midwest in this episode. um, And I'm kind of excited about my idea. We, I, we spent a lot of time traveling in the Midwest, all three of us. I would say that of the places that I like to go, the River Gorge in Kentucky, uh, Dolly Sods in West Virginia. I mean, you, you could con- you could argue that those places aren't in the Midwest, but like they are adjacent, so you call it that. Uh, recently had some time in Garden of the Gods in Southern Illinois, um, absolutely beautiful place. Hoosier National Forest, south of Bloomington, Indiana. Oh yeah. Like these are just places that are, are objectively beautiful and awesome. Um, certainly we might see those places as we go along in this podcast, but. But I just wanted to mention a few of them so that you can get a vibe of why the Midwest is a cool place to do a Plan That Trip episode about. Massively underrated. Massively underrated. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the breadbasket of the United States and the world, if you will. Um, So we are getting into the part of the episode where we do our trip pitches. And uh, it's a short synopsis of where you'd like to go and why you'd like to go there. Um, It's the only confines of this episode's uh, thesis is the midwest and um who wants to go first don't raise your hands everybody i can go first hannah you should go first cool um my pitch is gonna take us to pure michigan i believe i'm not alone (laughs) you can't say it like that you're gonna say it the real way pure michigan pure michigan Ooh, nice. Oh, wow. Well done. What's, um, what are other slogans for Michigan? There's a few others. Is there any other slogans? Well, Tim Allen says some Michigan. other stuff whenever I'm driving through there. Um, anyway, sorry. Not to <laughs> go on. Pure Michigan. That's perfect. We're going to Detroit, though, which is now not oh, necessarily yeah. the sexiest part of the state, but that's okay. Um, 
So we are going to northeast of Detroit, which is where the luscious St. Clair Lake is, which is a body of water that is half American and half Canadian. Mm-hmm. You know who else is half Canadian and American? Uh, Colin Mockery. Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. That's all you need to know. So I propose that we make the mere 2.5 hour scoot up to Detroit where we can connect with the Riverside Kayak Connection, which has some of the sparkliest and coolest sea kayaks known to humankind and paddle around. And we can even do the four slash five hour paddle from St. Clair, Lake St. Clair to Lake Erie, which would be cool. So it's the perfect opportunity to maybe become Canadian while also <laughs> shedding light on one of the coolest, uh, most underrated states in the Midwest. So what are some things that we can access on this lake? Are there any big cities or any like... Well, Detroit is right kind of at the river's mouth where Lake St. Clair uh, narrows into the Detroit River. Mm-hmm. I think that Riverside Kayak Connection is on a little like islandish peninsula thing yeah. right in the middle of the river. Shout out to Riverside Kayak Connection or River, Riverside, right? Yeah. Um, they are uh, an awesome little outfitter that we've spent some time at this year uh, in getting the Cleveland Outpost started and they sell some pretty high-end kayaks and they are just, they just rock. They're awesome yeah. in a little garage just like we are. And uh, anyway, yeah, shout out to them. Yeah. It's like being a kid in a candy store a little bit, but oh, yeah. you can definitely, so the, the lake, the river trip for sure. Uh, the river trip's pretty unique because it goes from this really like urban center up at the top down into kind of like a wilderness at the bottom that's sprinkled with some little islands in the middle of the river, I'm told. So um, just a cool spot to kind of get your like urban adventure feel, but also get a little bit of like wild Huck Finn adventure in there too. Okay. So here's why I'm into this because I love the concept of like, you're going down a fairly natural place and you see a, uh, like an abandoned factory in the background. I just get all of these feels of like, um, you know, industrialization and like nature taking it back over and everything. Like you can kind of pretend nobody else exists anymore. And you're like yeah. fleeing from the devastation. It's like an I am legend situation. Yes. Yeah. So like we were listening to Metro 2033, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fantastic book, uh, the audiobook version of it. And that's what it makes me think of. I'll be honest. Like yeah. I'll just go straight to the, the source material. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's like post-apocalyptic, yes. you know, people probably still work there and it's probably a running factory, but still that's all I think about. I mean, part of the reason, so obviously I'm a kayaker, so I'd be interested in Riverside, but I'm sure there's other things to do around there. So mm-hmm. a part of me would love to just dig into what Detroit's got going on. Totally. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I think that that's an awesome dichotomy, and I, I would love to see that ex- and experience that. Um, Emily, All do right. you want to go next? Yes. I'm also taking you to pure Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> but I am taking us to a national park called Isle Royale. It's in Lake Superior, real close to Canada also. And it is an island that Actually, I don't think anybody lives on it year round. It's very isolated, far from civilization. And it kind of gives you the whole gamut of cool outdoorsy things you can do. You can do a lot of kayaking, you can backpack, you can hike, you can scuba dive. There's some shipwrecks around there that you can scuba dive like in and around and see them, which is really cool. There are also wolves on the island. Apparently that's a big deal. I was reading that they, how they got on the island was that I think in 1948, an ice bridge formed across and then the wolves came over the bridge and then the bridge melted and the wolves were like, okay, we're here now. Can you imagine that? Picturing this epic like Narnia scene where there's like an ice bridge and all the wolves are like doing one of those slow walks across. And I feel like when I think of an ice bridge, I think of like in like 
ye old like first humans ever times but this was in like basically 1950 so that that's really cool but yeah you can go for a lot of far from civilization cool hangouts um there's a lot of the campsites that are accessible by kayak so we could even do a completely kayak based trip where we bring some boats we kayak in then we kayak somewhere else the next day and it's just real cool i don't know if you know this but hannah and i have like been dreaming about isle royale for a long time so like i'm this pretty is, sure we have that map in our household this kind of sucks because <laughs> like you just that's uh-huh because uh, there's no way you can't vote for it just, i know you have like this like you you, you always you find seem the to, best of yeah <laughs> you're good at this like Emily. if there's an archipelago oh, you. you're gonna find it if it's if it's um, an archipelago we're gonna archipelago <laughs> Well played. <laughs> Josh. Oh, okay. So um, my trip is something, Hannah, you've done. Oof. Ooh. And uh, I, I think that naturally it should be you to propose it, but I don't think that you propose it because you did it. So I'm going to say it instead because it's something that I really want to do. The Otet Trail. Oh, yeah. So this is the Ohio, uh, help me out here. What is it? It is the Ohio to Erie Trail that oh. connects Cincinnati and Cleveland. Okay, that's all cool. you're allowed to say because I know that you know everything about it. So I'm going to pretend that I know something about this and then you'll talk the rest of the time if it's chosen. Um, okay. The Ohio uh, to Erie Trail is a bike trail and or you can hike it if you wanted to, but it really it's best by bike a trail from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, and the reason that I think that I wanted to choose this is because as of 2021, finally, Cleveland, Ohio has... Um, done a good job on the towpath section of the Ohio to Erie Trail, where you can go all the way from Edgewater Park and the beautiful shores of Lake Erie and take it all the way to Cincinnati without being on roads, but for small sections. Um, so you go through the beautiful Cuyahoga Valley National Park, you'll go through Columbus, uh, all the way down to the Cincinnati area, and right to Hannah's house if you wanted to, where she grew up. Yeah. And that that could be fun to me. But um, so in the process of discovering this, I learned that it connects, or dang near connects, down in the Cincinnati area with the American Discovery Trail. And this is like a massive journey, and so I don't know if I wanted it to be my pitch or just an amendment to my pitch, but it is a trail that goes from East Coast all the way, and I'm turning my laptop around for all those at home. Oh, man. All the way to West Coast. Is that a bike trail? It is a bike trail and or a um, horse trail. I thought you were going to say horses, and I got so excited. Oh, man. So I was proposing the Midwestern portion of it because it's a loop, and it certainly looks like one of the longest loops you could ever imagine, right? Okay, so this is about to be a four-hour podcast where it goes (laughs) along. I want to do this next week. So, yeah, it goes through St. The biggest cities it goes through is St. Louis and... uh, What's the farthest western point? The farthest western is Colorado, Denver, specifically. So it goes from Denver, it goes, sweeps up into, looks like Boulder, and then just comes back in the northern route, which goes through the, the, you know, northern Illinois and other states that I totally forget about in the Midwest and Indiana, and then comes right back to Cincinnati. So right at Cincinnati, there's a loop that starts, goes all the way to Denver, and then it comes back around north and comes right back to Cincinnati again through Dayton. And so- I vote for this one. <laughs> is so, it continuous and completed? It is not continuous, uh, not completed. And that it's been drawn, but if you go to try to find the maps on their website, you have to buy them, which I ain't doing. I 
think that's typical though, but is it done? Like all of the sections are connected? So if we choose it, that's something we're going to have to learn because I did, I again, I thought this was an amendment to my trip and it seems like y'all are into it. Because so it's really like cool. supremely Midwest in that yeah. it is the whole the thing. Midwest. It is it. <laughs> you will see all of it. Everything about the Midwest is included in this American Discovery Trail. But the entire trail actually goes from Northern California all the way over to Maryland, Delaware, the Atlantic Ocean. So it's got everything, but those sections um, are not what we're interested in. And we just want some big old Midwest in our lives. We want that bread basket all up in our stuff. Gross. I have a gluten intolerance. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Oh, speaking of cauliflower things being made in bread form, how do we feel about that? Cauliflower breadsticks are now a part of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess it's fine. Yeah. And, and it's good that it exists because if you can't eat bread, it's cool that you can get a bread-like substance, but I don't want it personally. My small problem with it is that cauliflower is uh, used to simulate uh, pizza crusts or sometimes like a potato-based product that would be in like a, a filling. That's often what we eat. And in every one of those cases, I want something gluttonous. And it just doesn't always fill up my belly the way that I want. I want the meat sweats. <laughs> and I don't get the meat sweats from the cauliflower. It also oh, gives like me it. gas. Mm. Oh, cauliflower gas. Yeah, is, it does it to me. It's a unique problem. I like it because it means that I can eat like a whole small slash medium pizza by myself. Mm. I will do is- that regardless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I'm always going to eat the whole pizza or the majority of it. So it might as well just be all the calories I've ever wanted. Two facts. Weigh in on our comments on this podcast. Yeah, cauliflower. Does it suck? Or does it suck just a little? It doesn't suck. It's like good on its own. Like you can do some cool shit to cauliflower. Wait a minute. So, okay, I think that the cauliflower being made into something is okay, but I think cauliflower on its own, oh, I just can Oh man, I disagree with that. Really? Yeah. Cauliflower, should it stay cauliflower or should it be everything else? Should it be a pizza? Hot ranch tip, though. (laughs) Hot ranch, also a product. This is the Midwest podcast. But I do have a hot ranch tip for everyone. You know when you go to a restaurant and you're like, this ranch is much, much better than my home ranch, and you don't really know why? I've been on a quest for my whole life to find good at-home ranch. Crispy ranch. Yeah, crispy. Like, the Sprite at McDonald's is crispy. The ranch at McDonald's is also crispy. (laughs) The Ken's Steakhouse brand ranch. Brand ranch. The Ken Steakhouse brand of ranch absolutely slaps. It is life-changingly good. I know it looks like it's been sitting on the shelf since 1975, but it is so, so good. This episode of of Plan That Trip brought to you by Ken's Steakhouse. I wish. Maybe. Maybe they'll just send us a steak. I'm assuming that's what they do. I don't don't know. And just some ranch. Or just some ranch. The um, delivery guy comes to the door and he's just got ranch in his hands and it's (laughs) dripping between his fingers and he's crying. (laughs) And he says, here you go, please take this. Well, that's the most Midwestern conversation that's ever going to happen on this podcast. I promise. Uh, we should vote for our trips we now. Should. Okay, so what we have on the docket, we have uh, the Ohio to Erie Trail. At least that was the first proposition, which kind of morphed into the American Discovery Trail. Um, that was my proposition. But Hannah, what was yours? Mine was the Riverside Kayak Connection slash other adventures in Detroit. And mine was Isle Royale in pure Michigan. Pure Michigan. It begins with a slow dance of turning leaves. How did I not know that was him? Trees of flame. Aww. The next several weeks, the curtain 
than 19 million acres of woods called Michigan. The IDS, which is Indiana Daily Student, which is a very important um, source that of information. That is the newspaper of Bloomington, Indiana. Did a power ranking of Midwestern states. Uh, who would you guess is number one? Wisconsin. It's, it's Indiana, obviously. Oh, duh. But who's number two? Wisconsin. I don't know. Iowa. And then it's Wisconsin's number three. Illinois, number four. Ohio, number five. Here we arrive at our first truly well-balanced competitor. Solid corn and soy production, industrial legacy along the Great Lakes, and historical claims to the region. But the influence of nearby eastern states drags it down as staples such as the hoagie seep in. And then Michigan is at number six. Uh, Michigan is an excellent embodiment of the Rust Belt. Detroit is the clearest example of the deindustrialization that defines the region. But a relative lack of agriculture strength robs Michigan of its potential. Your mom is a relative Whoa. lack of agriculture. <laughs> I love this article. Oh can we spend the rest of the podcast talking about this? I feel like, wait, but also can we talk about the supposed like Eastern influence of the hoagie that has corrupted <laughs> ever eaten a goddamn hoagie The hoagie life. is what? an invasive species. The hoagie is also like Do a mystical creature in Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure. So. <laughs> Do not transport your hoagies over state lines. They might wipe out oh entire God. corn crops. Oh, man. Okay, so that means Michigan v. Ohio, Detroit v. Uh, all three of the, the Ohio states, right? Or like the Ohio states. All three the, Ohio the, states. The Ohio city states, more. the okay. kingdoms of Ohio, the Cincinnati kingdom, the Columbus kingdom, uh, and the Cleveland kingdom with the subsequent city states of Akron and Dayton. Um, so, you know, if you want to see all of those, you got the OTET. If you want to go see Detroit, we got Detroit. Um, did one win? Am I, am I? Oh, wait. Oh, well, I think, see. was your reading of the the IDS report to wait, tell us that Ohio should win? What's the voting if we take out Isle Royale? It's so it's two and two, Detroit and <laughs> You're still Ota. tied, really? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. We so, should just do. So the IDS <laughs> did rank Ohio better. So does that mean that the. Well, that's what I thought you were reading. Okay. For, okay. So I just wanted case, to make yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, IDS. For Although the one thing I will say about the OTET is if we do that, we are not going to stay in Ohio and we are not even going to stay oh. in the Midwest because we are going to go all the way west to Denver. Okay. So what, what has happened is that I proposed the OTET, but what we're doing is the- You just uh, got really like New Jersey there for a second or like Philly proposed. <laughs> I can't, I can't even do a Philly accent. So if I tried to- Lumberjack Josh is going to come in and smack me <laughs> if I tried that. Um, so uh, what we're doing is the American Discovery Trail. We're starting in Cincinnati, and we're going to take the route around uh, to Denver and I, back. I feel like should we bike to Cincinnati first? And we, then yeah. we should, like, should we discuss the whole yeah, Discovery we, Trail, yeah. though? We should. Yeah, let's do that. Like, maybe... How long does it take to do the Cleveland to Cincinnati? about three and a half days just to do the Cleveland to Cincinnati one mm. way. That's In fairness, though, when you look at the map and you say it's three and a half days to get from Cleveland to Cincinnati, you realize that Hannah's a monster. This and is true. she is like the legs the of most powerful I did, I did Athena. Um, and so... She just pulled her legs in like, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> I did like almost blow out my Achilles on that ride though, so... Okay, let's do five days. I'm happy to ta talk more about the OTET ride. Yeah, well, you should because I that's like my... my predominant goal is to do the OTET. That's something I genuinely want to do. But the um, American Discovery Trail is something that I think would be amazing on bike too, or horse. Um, but I wouldn't want to hike it. 
I wouldn't want to hike it. And it really goes through a lot of flat. And yeah. when you got to cover ground, you got to cover ground. And I think that if you're we're on flat ground, we might as well get on a bike or a horse. So I have an option. What if we, for this episode, do Cleveland to Cincinnati, we bike it, that's what we're doing. And then we keep the concept of the American Discovery Trail and we specifically plan to do it on horseback. Yeah. And that makes it two very separate things. Absolutely agree with that because I learned about this trail just by looking up a backpacker, uh, I think it's Backpacker Magazine, but backpacker.com, looking up their uh, giant map of long trails and there's a lot of them and this one is one of the longest if not the longest in america if you count the whole loop the northern and southern routes that we're talking about and so it deserves its own episode i would say so and Um, like one of my life goals is to get into like endurance riding on horses so like that would be a good way to do that man so so there was a really interesting um episode of um what was it i think it was radio lab that we're listening to where they uh there was a race where uh, ultra marathoners run against horses and the ultra marathoner won by like a lot. And um, then the horseback riders are coming in. They were tired. And I'm like, I guess when I look at people riding horses, I say, how much work can they be doing? <laughs> and for our listeners that aren't aware, Emily is a horse person in that she is a human, but she <laughs> rides horses. Yeah, totally a human. A hundred percent for sure. And I believe that it must be much more complicated than I presume. And I would love to speak about that, perhaps in that future episode, yeah, where we ride sure. horses around the Midwest. Yeah. We, ooh, is the episode going to be recorded while we're riding horses around the Midwest? I darn sure hope so. I, yeah, it better be. There are endless possibilities. Follow us on our Patreon, where you can sponsor <laughs> our horse. Or buy one. Or For be the one. low, low price of $800 a month, you can sponsor <laughs> a horse. <laughs> Is that how much horses eat? You just feed them eight hundred one dollar bills. Yes, that, that's <laughs> what the experience of so having healthy, horses right? is. Yeah. So hold on, the- more ASMR coming your yeah. way. Oh! <laughs> Do you hear the bubbles? They're gone now. They're gone. No, I could hear them a little bit. Good. So uh, the OTET—that is our trip—and um, so I'm guessing that we should start in Cleveland because that's where we live. And yeah. we should go to Cincinnati, where we don't live. Yeah. And uh, that, that really sets the, the pace and the tone of our journey. So can I chat a little bit about the time that I did this ride once? Please. Just to give please you some do. context. Yeah, please. Provide all the context. So um, I don't know what month we'd want to plan this for, but when I did the OTET in 2017, it was May, and it was good but rainy. Um, I think the temperature was good, but it was definitely definitely rainy. I went the opposite direction. I went from Cincinnati to Cleveland in three and a half days, and I think it was like the whole ride is about 325 miles, and I did it in like a 60-mile day, on a 120-mile day, a 90-mile day, and then a shorter day on the top. So... Um, the one thing I remember from the OTET that I would love to remedy for our listeners, if we can, is I, I stayed with friends, the two overnights that I did on the trail. And I remember there not being very good, um, immediate camping or lodging off the side of the trail. There were probably Airbnbs and stuff like that, but I didn't look for them. So it would be nice maybe to locate some campsites that are along the way at intervals that would be you know, amenable to the average person, but. So on, on that topic, I'm actually on their website, the Ohio uh, to Erie Trail, um, Ohio to Erie Trail.org. Uh, and there's a plan your trip function. Wow. Sponsored maybe. 
Who knows? Who knows? Um, but there are a lot of options for um, where you can stay. Um, and uh, there was a few places I found, like the Mount Vernon Hotel, which was very interesting to me. Um, and it looked kind of bougie. And I kind of wouldn't, wouldn't really mind if this was a bike bougie cruise. Bike okay, bougie okay. cruise. Well, I'm also picturing if the, like, the four of us or the three of us did this, like it would be... You know, we could split a bougie room three ways and it'd be mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. For context, when I did this, it was right after we came back from 100 Days in New Zealand. So we were broke. And I definitely <laughs> was just looking to, like, couch surf my whole way up. Yeah, I mean, when you come back from an adventure like that, I feel like you're just used to the concept of sleeping on the ground places. So oh, yeah. um, it's it's uh, it's certainly not the Mount Vernon um, Grand Hotel, which is what I'm looking at right now. And if the Mount Vernon Grand Hotel has free breakfast... Like, that's ideal. You just load your backpack up with little pastries and you get them all day for free. Where is the Mount Vernon Hotel? I'm guessing in Mount Vernon. Okay. That sounds fake. <laughs> uh, it's got 280 five-star or close to it Google reviews. So that's good. Let's check out its website, shall we? Wow, look at that beautiful hotel. Oof. It that's, looks historic. It does. It's big and nice. Um, it's located on a square in historic downtown Mount Vernon, Ohio, as one does. So I'm guessing our first step here should be deciding how many days we want to do and how we want to split that up. So like where we'll end up on those days, because I feel like the majority of our days, it's going to be biking on the trail. 100%. Um, I think that uh, it would probably be a good idea to... So, I know the Cleveland area very well. Um, Hannah, you Really? Have... I've never been there. Tell me more. Sorry, continue. Wait a second. Wait a second. Say that again. Oh, really? I've never been there. Tell me more. Uh, I thought you were going to do the... Me too. Okay, one more time. T- say, Give me the lead-in. What was the lead in? I don't even remember. You know the Cleveland area very well. I know the Cleveland area really well. Oh, really? I've never been there. Tell me. Oof. Cool. It really is that way sometimes. So we should start in Lakewood, Ohio, where we live. Um, Lakewood, Ohio. Wonderful little city. We Um, should probably start at like at the Willow at Edgewater Beach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should. Well, my thoughts on starting here is that you can actually ride from Lakewood right there. But I think that. You know, like if we were to leave our cars at home is what I'm Mm, saying. mm -hmm. So if you're in a western suburb or an eastern suburb for that matter, you could actually ride your way to the start of the trail. So there's really no need to have like somebody dropping you off. We're going to need bikes loaded up with panniers and all of the equipment. So that's something to mention as well. Um, The I don't actually own a bike, so we (laughs) should. um, I mean, if we're going to do this, I should buy a bike. But also, I think it would be good to go over a quick like what you need on your bike to do this for people. That's a good point. Um, well, Hannah could probably yeah, explain go more for it, about Hannah. that. Um, well, when I did my ride, it was technically supported because I stayed overnight with folks. And so I did not have to bring, for example, a lightweight tent or a sleeping bag or anything like that. But ideally, you'd probably have waterproof panniers of some shape or form. The ones that I have now are Ortlieb, which are kind of your top of the line panniers. But there are plenty of good panniers out there that don't cost you an arm or a leg or both. So you could definitely find one that's a little bit cheaper. Um, 
you know, a nice ultralight one-person tent and pretty compressible sleeping bag are a good idea. Um, I had a lot of bike repair things with me, like things to lubricate my chain if I needed to on a flat. Um, I had an extra tire. I had a CO2 cartridge that I could use if my tire went out. So having just a basic repair kit with you, but also a knowledge, probably you could even do at the 50-mile mark of where a repair uh, shop would be because I stepped in it at least once to get like tape when my tape went bad. Yeah, and speaking of bikes, um, that, from my experience with the bikes that you should do for this, you want wider tires. Um, 23 to like 28 millimeters is okay, but like if you have like that 28 to 30 millimeter, which means it's just a wider tire than your average road bike tire because there are parts that are crushed gravel where your tires can kind of um, sink into the mud a little bit. And if you want to be like all weather, you might want something a little wider. Um, they used to have great statistics on there, and we can look for them, but I think it used to be that like 80% of the trail was uh, on like established bike trail, so pavement, but especially in the CVMP, there's like a 90-mile section that's crushed limestone gravel, and that was the area that I can remember very distinctly coming up through on Cle- to Cleveland on my last day, and it was like raining on crushed gravel, which is why my Achilles went to hell in a handbag. This was like our second date for the record. She <laughs> I show up with like gravel riblets and stuff just all over my legs. It was not great. I remember you were like trying to make a good impression. You come up to me like smiling like, hey, and you were just kind of pissed off that you couldn't find the right like trailhead because it's not your fault. Cleveland didn't know what they were doing when building that. Yeah, at this point. was like way before the downtown section got finished. So I remember being in like downtown Cleveland and this like commuter bike guy was like, where are you going? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. It's very sad. Do any of us know? None of us know. Absolutely not. So uh, my thoughts on this is that there's a lovely, lovely restaurant in Cleveland called Grumpy's, and it's a fantastic breakfast place, and it probably opens really early, probably like 6 a.m. Can we please oh, start at the there and then like ride for just like 30 minutes just so that we're used to like riding our bikes to get to Tremont, which is a little uh, place in, uh, in and around the Cleveland area. Um, and we should go to Grumpy's. It's fantastic. And then we can get our coffee, get ready to go. Um, and the most important part of doing a physical activity early in the morning is you get your coffee and you do poop before you start the activity. You've got to do the poop. It's We've critical. discussed this a lot, and I understand, but it's very important. Do the poop. If you can do the poop in a restaurant and not, say, in a bush, oh, yeah. that's the way. Love that. Yeah, you stop into the restaurant under the guise of actually spending money to get food, and then you just poop and leave. You say <laughs> you're going to you, spend money to get food, but you actually leave some food, uh, if you know what I mean. Oh, food? It's poops. Oh, that's disgusting. It used to be food. Yeah. Oh, we're there again. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, I think that we should. Um, oh, man, I zoomed in on Tremont and the Christmas story house popped up, which is like, I guess, kind of cool to anybody that's like not from Cleveland. But I'm just so tired of hearing about that. I've actually never been there and I don't actually care about the Christmas story I very much like at movie. all. I don't so like it. That's how I feel. It honestly annoys me. It at like mm-hmm. the the characters in that movie and like specifically the bully character with the red hair. I don't dislike him in the way the movie wants me to. I just really don't like the way any of that happens. Yeah. Unrelated to the Christmas Story House on the Ohio to Erie Trail website, I found a PDF you can download that lists all the bike repair shops along the trail and it gives you what city they're in. So that's really cool and would probably just be useful to print out and have with you. That's honestly. amazing. Okay, totally. Um. Well, I was on the PDF, and they've got some really good information on their website. Um, 
we should find out where we want to stay the first night. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll be on that. How's that? That's my, that's my job. So um, do we want to, my suggestion would be to average around 50 miles a day. For like a comfortable ride, like a comfortable, we're probably going to stop at a brewery and like hang sure. out and chill. I agree with that completely. I like that. So this I would mean, be like a week long trip. Yeah. yeah. Can we make it a little bit of a bouge cruise? Is that okay? I'm like, this cool is an imaginary trip. Yeah. Right? So like, I feel like bike camping or uh, bike packing rather is you know, an established art form as is backpacking. And if you're listening to plan that trip, the podcast you kind of want something to really inspire you, right? Also, we could do the rest of the, oh, what's the other trail? The bigger one, the American Wilderness. Discovery. Right. We could, American Discovery Trail. We could do that as like a bike camping trip if we wanted to yeah. in the future. So I like the idea of making this kind of like nicer, cozier, more beer, more breakfast. Deal. Deal. <laughs> more beer, more breakfast. That's End how I live my whole life. So, okay, um, I'm seeing Hotel Millersburg is one of the coolest opportunities south of um, Akron. But if we're going to get 50 miles on our first day leaving from Cleveland, that puts us right about the center of the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Isn't that right, Hannah? I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to so, find a good, do you have a good map up that shows like I don't where it have is? one okay. up. Um, cool. That's fine. I'm I just happen to know that. where the northern part of it goes, Fair. but like as I go further south, I'm not going to know. I have a great idea for night number one. Then why don't we stay at the Heritage Farms? I was just going to say that. That would be yeah. so great because that means that we can stay for 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 cheap, but then also go downtown to downtown Peninsula, downtown with air quotes happening in the room, and get ice cream. Same places there, and go to the nightclub and dance hall. That is uh, the winking lizard. Big air quotes here. Big air quotes. There are air quotes like floating around the room right now. Um, so uh, the winking lizard is a Cleveland staple um, and it is a very great place to go if you want to be in a restaurant. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, but it is uh, certainly like the best place that you'll find in the middle of a national park. Um, it is not a dance hall, nor is it a nightclub, but it certainly is a, uh, a nice place to go and have a beer in the end of the evening. So that is right down the street from Heritage Farms, which is a, fa a local favorite of ours because it is an affordable uh, Christmas tree farm campout location where they have shelters. And I think that's great because that means that we wouldn't necessarily have to bring a tent. We could just use their little shelters and uh, stay in the warm, at least the warm of inside of the shelter which is only three-sided, so don't expect a, uh, a, a hotel or a, a cabin or Or anything. a motel or a Holiday Inn, mm -hmm. yeah. So Peninsula, Ohio, really fun little place. Probably one of the nicest little outdoorsy towns in the Cleveland area. That's where I think that we should make our, our stay for night one. Deal. You know, if you haven't tried a bike trip this long, um, I've done, I think the most I've ever done is a 70-mile day, and it literally killed me. Uh, because it was super hot. And we you also just, did that in like August. It was like 95 degree heat yeah. or something. And I don't do heat above like 80 degrees. Um, so you need to remember to stay hydrated. You need to remember that everything needs to be locked down on your bike in a very good way. And I have had some friends uh, create a situation with their, their bikes when they're carrying gear where they're being dragged by the wind. Um, so make sure that you have that all sorted out and have the rear and front racks on your bike or whatever you need um, to really lock down all the gear that you're carrying because it will just be an easier trip 
and a more comfortable trip. I keep finding maps of like specific portions of it, which is helpful, but I want I, it. I could put my hands on my maps in about 30 seconds. Do it. Yeah, do that. Careful about knock everything over. What kind of uh, terrain and stuff are we seeing here, Hannah? Is there anything most, you should be aware of? At least in 2017, like a vast majority of the ride was paved bike trail or paved, you know, just going through town trail. Um, a lot of them, though, were distinguished bike trail. It's not like you were weaving around city streets very often. I remember Columbus being kind of a sticky spot, and there were a couple of places where I had to look at the map a couple times through town just to make sure I was on the right trail. But... Um, like the road through Mount Vernon, it looks like you're on a pretty established route. You get a little bit sticky on Main Street, but then you pick up right after Main Street and go on the rest of your way through. Um, worth noting that uh, on the southern edge of Mount Vernon, the trail passes through the Aerial Foundation Park, which was the home of a longtime glass producing facility. Just in case that's your thing. That, that is my thing. I thought so. Let's stop and make some glass. So we should, uh, just looking at this, I don't know if this is the scale, um, but it certainly looks at like Mount Vernon to like London would probably be a better idea. Mm. I mean, we'll go yeah. through Columbus and have lunch there or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that might be, yeah, that seems all right. Does it say on anybody's map where London is on our uh, mileage? Well, I think it's in the United Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look. Um, <coughs> <laughs> oh, wow, Lumberjack Josh, push your head back in. I don't want to see it. No, that was me. Disgusting. You should get that checked out. You got those cheese laughs? You know, Speaking when the of, cheese coats Give me your some mouth? cheese. Yeah. Give me some cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you two. Hold on. Let me, um. Oh, no, that's just cheese. I thought it was dog hair. So, where would we want to stay in Mount Vernon? Is there like a sweet little hotel? Did you find or a good Airbnb? place, Josh? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that was the Mount yeah. Vernon Hotel. Oh. It's beautiful. Mount Vernon Grand Hotel. Ooh, and we can do my favorite hotel activity. And this sounds like it's going to be gross, but it's actually just watching Disney Channel shows all night long because I don't have cable. And then I get to pretend like I'm like 10 years old on a family vacation again. And it's great. I will say that there is no, there are no riches like cable TV when you Truly. don't have that reality in your life well, all the you time. You get to turn on the TV and it just entertains you. Oh, man. I like the home screen where it just like scrolls endlessly and you're like, wow, I could watch everything from Ocean's Eleven to, whoa. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty it. Bougie. Is that Thomas is that, Jefferson? I was going to say, is it George Washington, but I don't really know that's much about totally people. totally George Washington, Mount Vernon, George Washington. I blame my eyesight. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fairness that, yeah, they all wore wigs back they then. They wore wigs. There are some white guys. It, yeah. it is what it is. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine though? We pull up to that place like covered in like bike grease and I limestone. Think and on the site though, like yeah. I think they expect dirty. But dirty But you ass know, when like up. the Otet people roll up to that hotel, they're like. <sighs> but just think about like old revolutionary period folks, which is kind of their vibe, right? You sure. Know? You were wearing wigs. You had all this posh clothing on, but you were covered in mud and like horse juices <laughs> and. <Ew. laughs> You're not what wrong, but what exactly horse juice? Horses <laughs> make a lot more juice you're than you both, would expect. You're both horse people. Tell me about it. Um, and horse juices, and you're wearing a wig over your lice-ridden head, and it's just gross. And then, you know, that's just what And it they was. say, welcome, give me 
one, I don't even know what they paid for things with, one horse patty shaped into <laughs> a round coin. Okay, so when I think about like the inn on the Traveler thing, the one thing I think about most is in The Hobbit when um, uh, the uh, when Gandalf orders a meal and they just set in front of him like two potatoes uncooked and a piece of like bread and just tears into it. That's what I'm imagining yeah. in, every, in our in scenario. A piece of like a giant ale tankard and just two potatoes on a plate. I would love that. That's what I'm hoping happens yeah. at this Okay, hotel. also like sometimes hotels host anime conventions at them and um, they have sweaty teens that don't know how to shower yet come there. So like I don't think they would be mad if we showed up after biking for like 50 miles. Okay, I'm like... I'm 30 years old, full disclosure. I feel like I shower a lot less now than I did when I was a teen. But I feel like you understand how showering works. That's true. That's true. I like I wait till I smell and then I make myself not smell anymore. Have I feel you like- ever smelled what it's like at an anime convention? Because I have and it's a lot. No, I haven't. So I have to believe you on yeah. that one. Okay. Like it's a good place to be. We love it there. But also <laughs> there is an odor. Who's we? Uh, just the general public. The royal we, of course. Yeah. The royal we. Cool. So those are our accommodations for that yeah. evening. Sounds dope. I think mileage wise, whoever has the South Central map, yes. we're looking for approximately like one twenty ish. If there's for a particular like, that. Yeah, for there's a. I mean that puts cool us in Valley View at one twenty. What do we know about Valley View? But London puts us at. Um, so are you saying like? That number from the Cincinnati to Cleveland, or did you flip it? Um, if you had 120 on your map, okay. that would be another like 50 mile day. Okay, yeah. So 120 puts us in Valley View. Um, if we wanted to go a little bit further, 105 this direction or the opposite direction puts us in London, where we were thinking of. So that, those are two options. We will need to have like 170 ish mile day. Mm-hmm. So if we wanted to slap that right in the middle, that might not be a bad idea. And like. On one hand, it would be really cool to stay kind of in or close to Columbus because there's a lot of stuff around there. But on the other hand, it might be nice to get the most, um, like, potentially difficult traffic-y part out of the way and just be done with it and not have to worry. That's totally true. I'm very curious about, uh, I I get nervous cycling in downtown areas. There's, like, two versions of Josh as a cyclist. Um, I'll, like be very aggressive and love weaving in and out of traffic on certain days. But on other days when I'm feeling just a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit anxious and just not ready to approach the world. Like sure. I don't even want anything to do with places that cars are also driving. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the day that we're dri- we're riding through Columbus is one of those days that I feel pretty badass because it looks like we are going pretty much downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going right past, um, well, yeah, the, the, the government district, if you will, a few different bar districts. The arena district. We're going to be right on the Scioto River. Um, yeah. And uh, Right by the convention center and Nationwide Arena. I mean, I, I guess I would ha- wouldn't have it any other way in that we are on bike. Cool. We want it to be like our mode of transportation. And so we I'm could, glad that it does that. And we could plan it to... See, so that's nearing the end of our day. We could try to plan it so that we get into the Columbus area at a time when it's not like five thirty p.m. Right. Yeah, that would be that would be rough because mm-hmm. it's like if you're not. I would probably cry. There, I I don't enjoy the concept of riding a bike on a long trail like this at night. 
Yeah, no, I don't think I do either. It would just be, it would just not be great. The only experience I have with that was that like the second to last night in the Otet and I just had bugs in my mouth the whole time. Because that's the reality of like biking in Ohio in the mm-hmm. spring or summer. You're just like, if you're anywhere near a creek, you have bugs in your eyeballs. You mean you didn't wear one of those like fancy triathlon teardrop helmets that like <laughs> gives you like a heads up display in it and stuff? <laughs> I'm going to wear one of those Definitely. beekeeper hats. <laughs> People will not forget us when we roll through their town. Oh my gosh. That's that bee bitch. <laughs> oh. I will say, you know, the like clutchest meal after a 70 mile day is like Subway or something Honestly. where you can get like a foot long and just not share with anybody. I'm may or may what's, not. What's your go-to foot long from Subway? Uh, back in the day, I think it was like the meatball sub. But now that I'm a pesky, it's like probably just vegetables and a sub sandwich just the meatball cl- sub is another thing that gives me gas mm-hmm. back to our so don't ride behind emily after the stop <laughs> to clarify for the audience hannah is a pescatarian that's what she means by pesky and that means that she eats fish and not any other type of meat and um that's also kind of me since we've been living together and i would say that my favorite sub from subway because i never get subs from subway i just uh, i see them everywhere and i just kind of it's not that I avoid them. It's just that I, when I see a subway, I don't get like the rumblies in my tumblies for the mm. for the sub sub subs that only subs can satisfy. Right. Yes. Um, but I I used to get the chicken teriyaki all the time. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's probably what I would go for because like, what else would you do at Subway except get everything that you've ever wanted? Um, yeah, that's their tagline. Actually, Subway get everything you've ever wanted, <laughs> and only if everything you've ever wanted is a sandwich. <laughs> I mean, is there more? Yeah, to you're watch? right. Everything I've ever wanted is a sandwich. So, so I, we're staying in Waynesville, right? Yeah. There's a place called the Hamel House Inn. It is recommended for Otet travelers, and it looks pretty cute. So Does we're going have- from Mount Vernon uh, Grand Hotel mm-hmm. to a place called the, the Hamel House. The Hamel House. <laughs> yes. So like Mark Hamel, but he's probably not there. No, I'm just saying that I don't think we can throw away this shot. <laughs> Because ah, we're young, scrappy, ah, and hungry, and uh, we're Lynn, not throwing away the shot. Can Lynn Manuel please listen to our podcast? That's all I want. He's got a holla just to be heard with every word. He drops knowledge. I'm a diamond on the roof. I'm a shining piece of coal trying to reach my goal. My power of speech is unimpeachable. He's 19, but my mind is older. These New York City streets the breakfast cold here. Shoulder. The breakfast here looks really good. What they is have, the breakfast there? Um, I'm looking at a picture of chicken and waffles, and there's spicy chicken and sweet waffles, according to this TripAdvisor review. Um, I, I just love breakfast so, so much. I agree. I mean, we're starting off our trip with breakfast. I think that's what really got us going, was the idea of mm-hmm. going to Grumpy's, so... So where where was that place? It's in Waynesville. Okay. So I think that's it, right? I believe it be. We've planned the trip. And uh, we're going to end at Public House in Cincinnati. So even if we have to cut it a little short, I don't think it really matters that we get like every single inch of the trail. Do you? I think it does just because we're starting like straight up like right at edgewater okay like it's like water to water you gotta get down we may have to to, we may have to ride a couple more miles to get to that that's fine i vote like food and then Mm -hmm. the cruise down to the river though 
Like, we should go to the public house and have a nice mm-hmm. meal and then put our, like, gorged bodies back on our bikes and just roll downhill to the river. That's true. That is a serious hill, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it could be that you get to the end and then that's the point in which it ends. It ends for all of us. All that's right. fine. Well, this has been Plan That Trip uh, in that we have just planned that trip. But we have to go back and find out how that all happened and what it sounds like. And, Hannah, could you please put it in a palatable format for us? Oh, yes. So we are going on a bike bouge cruise from Cleveland to Cincinnati. Uh, we're averaging about 50 miles a day with one long 70-mile day. It's a uh, start at the Willow at Edgewater Beach, where we are going to bike to Heritage Farms in Peninsula, Ohio. First having a nice brunchy thing at Grumpy's, our favorite nook, and then maybe catching lunch at the Winking Lizard in Peninsula where we'll also snag some ice cream. Day two, it's another 50-ish mile ride to the hotel in Millersburg. Day three, it's a 50-mile ride again to Mount Vernon Grand Hotel, where we will spend the evening watching Disney Channels all night long and maybe gazing at a George Washington portrait. Day four, 70-mile day, it's the big one, but we end the day either at a Holiday Inn with an indoor pool or at the Cheseldine, where, you know, it just sounds cool. Cheseldine. Oh, yes. Cheseldine. Cheseldine. Cheers, Dane. Cheese. <laughs> Cheese, Dane. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Please say it one more time. Cheese, Dane. <laughs> Do they have cheese with the Dane? Um, anyway. I'm the Dane of cheese. <laughs> oh, boy. Day five. It's another 50-mile ride from uh, over to Waynesville, where we'll stay at the Hamill House Inn. And then day six, we can have another 50-mile ride to end at the Ohio River Valley. But first having lunch at my parents' place in Morrow, Ohio. And then we'll end at the public house where we will ride downhill to our end. And if you are trying this trip as well, you can have lunch at Hannah's parents' house. You don't even have to tell them. Don't even call them. Just do it. They don't even need to know you're there. Just go in through the back door. Be very quiet. Hey, now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, parents. Please do not break into Hannah's parents' house. I would feel very, very bad. There's people and there is a blind and deaf chocolate lab there that won't know who you are. Oh, man. I have fun facts. Oh, what are they? Oh, man. Fun facts. The Ohio to Erie Trail is 326 miles long. Fun fact, the Moffitt Memorial Ride, which happens in September of every year, is an established ride with a 45 rider capacity and a 30 to 70 mile daily average. 40 or 84.3% of the route was on designated Otet Trail as of November 2019. In 1880, one-third of the population of London, Ohio, was school-aged children, and there is also a Hamel House in Gorenkem in the Netherlands. Fun facts. I have fun facts about Ohio. I don't have any. Ohio gets its name from the Iroquois word Ohio, meaning Great River, which makes sense. Ohio didn't officially become a state until 1953. It was declared a state in 1803, but didn't get the presidential stamp of approval until President Dwight Eisenhower, great guy, signed off. He backdated the declaration to the original date, though, so that's interesting. I did not know that. Me neither. The Ohio is known for the Buckeye State, or is known as the Buckeye State because of the Buckeye trees commonly found throughout the Ohio River Valley. The plants produce small brown nuts that look like the eye of deer. It is said that carrying one in your pocket is good luck. Um, this one is known to everybody in Ohio, but the Shawshank Redemption was shot at the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield. Oh, yeah. Uh, certainly a place that if we do a future podcast about, like, coolest ghosty, like, spots to plan your trip around. I almost brought an abandoned amusement park to this week's episode, and I decided against it because I feel like it didn't fit the vibe, but that was almost a thing we did. 
Before going into television, Jerry Springer was the 56th mayor of Cincinnati. Of course I don't know if I wanted to know that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I have strong opinions about I Jerry. I feel like Jerry Springer has one of those reputations where it's like, now that all of the crazy debauchery of his show is gone, like he has this like, oh, he was actually kind of a good guy thing. But I don't know. Howard Stern. I don't know enough to comment appropriately. Me neither, so I probably shouldn't be commenting. I just at remember all. watching Jerry Springer when my mom was still at work or wasn't home, and we were like, "We're gonna watch a show that's not great." <laughs> I think a girl I went to high school with was on, was on Jerry Springer. So, oof. You gotta find out what episode that was. All right, cool. I'll all figure right. it. Out. I feel like you didn't live in the Midwest unless someone you knew was on like a Jerry Springer. Also, one of my friends from high school was on Family Feud, and they did really good, and they won, like, two episodes of it, and I'm so proud of them. So, shout out. Unsurprisingly, agriculture is Ohio's largest industry. It contributes over $93 billion, which is a large number. $93 billion. Um, but this is the thing that blew my mind. The state ranks number one in Swiss cheese production. Oh, man, I love Swiss cheese. Yeah, but I thought it was from Switzerland. No. Hmm. Yeah, it's really like that. And that's the disappointing thing that ends our podcast. Good night, everybody. Have you seen the northern lights that shine through every sail? One day Rick is gonna go, but first he must post his mail. Time is short, so Trip is a presentation of the Cleveland Outposts Network of Podcasts. You can find out more about how we're making the outdoors more accessible for everyone by visiting our website at clevelandoutpost.com. Our theme song is Tune for the Traveler by our good friend Andrew Bonus. Check him out at bonusmusic.com. You can submit your questions or comments to contact at clevelandoutpost.com, and we might just address them in future podcasts. Thanks for listening.